This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we are talking about snickerdoodles. I'm so glad we're doing this. I don't know if I have any opinions on snickerdoodles, but it's cookies that you brought over, and that makes me happy. Yeah. I have eaten snickerdoodles less than a half dozen times in my lifetime. I thought you were going to say I've eaten snickerdoodles left and right. Less. Less than a half dozen times. To- sure, I've eaten a, more than that. It was not a cookie. Have you, that, do you like make a tally mark by I do, I, <laughs> on the wall of your my cell? Bedpost. Right. Yeah. That's what people that's what people are keeping track of when they put notches on their bedposts. It's cookies. Yes. Yes. I didn't grow up in a household of like snickerdoodle people. <laughs> These are- <laughs> I grew up in oh house my god! House of the snickerdoodle people. people. I, I had to turn it off. It was too scary. <laughs> like these these indie horror movies, they really like get like go psychological on you. Like it's one thing, like you know, if they're gonna just like you blow think up it's some blood. Be packs. all like cinnamon sugar and comfort, and the next right. thing you know, like someone gets like fully snickerdoodle. <laughs> and I think you know what we mean. Not just on the bedpost. Not just on the bedpost. <laughs> Not just. Not just. <laughs> okay, Matthew. What I'm trying to say is, what are you? My trying to family say? were not. They were not into snickerdoodles. What kind of people were they? Let's focus on the positive. <laughs> <laughs> my family. I don't think of my mom as baking a lot of cookies. Okay. Like just cookies that you just keep around to eat she would bake cookies like, like for to a give function. she would bake them for a function or to give away as like holiday gifts sure. um she would bake brownies i think of yeah. my mom as a brownie baker um i also think of my mom as like pretty darn good at making cakes okay but anyway i did not grow up eating snickerdoodles and i think 
if I may be perfectly honest, until I made these yesterday, <sighs> I didn't really understand what was going on that made a snickerdoodle a snickerdoodle. Okay. And in fact, wife of the show, Lori, said much the same thing that, that she kind of thinks of snickerdoodles as sort of like a boring default cookie. Or like, like it's always been kind of kind of disappointed every time she's tried a recipe. And we should we should just like put this right at the beginning. Producer Abby, so direct your direct your criticisms to directly to producer Abby, wrote, Snickerdoodles are the worst, most boring of all cookies. Cookies. Producer Abby does not hold back on on I know. her her opinion. I mean, normally we can't even read the things she writes. Oh, because, it's so inflammatory! Because of, like she keeps using the c word and stuff. <laughs> um, you mean the, you the can, boat from Arrested Development? Exactly, Abby. That is a, a shout out for you. Yep. Abby is a big fan of Arrested Development. Yeah, Abby gets so mad when I don't know what she's talking about on an episode of Arrested Development, a show that I've watched most of and then mostly forgot. Do you and remember the that there was a boat called the C Word? Yes. Okay. Great. All right. So, um, Matthew, what about your snickerdoodle memory lane? It, it, it was like S-E-A-W-A-R-D? Yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Hilarious. My snickerdoodle memory lane, this was a cookie that was around when I was a kid, but I never had much interest in it because it didn't have chocolate in it. I agree. I still feel that way. I like, for example, an oatmeal raisin cookie, but I will never choose it if there are other cookies available. It mm-hmm. doesn't have chocolate. Same thing goes for snickerdoodles. So you're like that guy in the in the meme where we're like you're looking the oatmeal raisin cookie is your is your old is your current girlfriend and you're oh. and you're looking at the the cookie with chocolate in it <laughs> i'm like just, that yeah you know that that, that meme. Guy. i love where it he's when holding describe. the hand of, right. a, of one girl while turning around to look at another yes. girl that and the, and the two girls <laughs> look pretty much exactly the same that one okay <laughs> Great. That very fresh meme that just popped up recently on the internet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Six years ago. So, Matthew, would you are we done with memory lane? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I'm I I'm kind of like a little a little flustered because I don't know which way this episode is gonna go, like if it's gonna be like a hate episode. I kind of so we just recorded the kimchi episode, which mm-hmm. which aired last week. If you haven't listened, go listen. You'll learn more about everything. Right. And like for just for continuity's sake, you're not going to understand the plot points that as they develop in yeah. this episode unless you watch well, that you're, episode. You're probably not going to understand why I so much want to eat a cookie right now because I've just eaten my savory meal. Like yes. My kimchi pancake. ate a lot of kimchi. And now I'm ready to move on to my dessert. So do you think even though I, I don't want to spoil... You know, oh, the suspense. The suspense. Like, do, are we going to end up liking Snickerdoodles? Eh, just bust out the cookies. Okay. Mmm. Mmm. Oh, I like it. Okay. Let's talk about. Spoiler alert. Let's talk about what these are. Mm-hmm. So, a Snickerdoodle is, you know, your basic cookie made with butter, sugar, and flour, usually eggs to help make it, um, you know, sort of chewy like this. Mm-hmm. Usually a leavening ingredient as well. And the, here's the key rolled in cinnamon sugar. And okay. people sometimes confuse them with sugar cookies. Though it goes without saying, sugar cookies don't usually involve cinnamon. So why do sugar cookies exist then? It's like a cookie you forgot to flavor, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although this has a lot of vanilla in the dough. Okay. So what makes this dough different from like a chocolate chip cookie dough? Is it that it doesn't have brown sugar? Mm, it doesn't have brown sugar. Uh-huh. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, I'm not going to go into the specifics yet of the recipe that I made because mm-hmm. it's a little bit special. But 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say it doesn't have uh, brown sugar. It doesn't have chocolate. Okay. Yeah, um, I knew that. Thanks. Sure. And it's rolled in cinnamon. You roll it. You you shape the dough like into you roll balls. roll the dough, dough balls. That's and, and you roll them in cinnamon sugar. That seems like it would be a very satisfying part mm-hmm. of the process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then do you like smoosh them or do they do mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. smoosh themselves? You smoosh them. So they're usually characterized by having like a kind of cracked surface. Mm-hmm. And they can be crisp or soft. But like, do you think of them as being a particular texture? What do you think of? I think soft. I think soft too. I think ideally crispy around the edge, soft in the middle. I don't think I've ever had something that was described as a snickerdoodle that was crispy. No, no. So they're often made with leavening. I mean, not leavening, shortening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I noticed that. To help create. I've looked at a few recipes. To help create that chewy texture. Um, I'm licking my fingers here. mm -hmm. Because they got cinnamon on them. So these are probably German in origin, and the name is probably a corruption of the German word, get ready, Schneckenoodle. I'm so sick of corruption. I know. What other words could we corrupt today? I mean, any of them. Mm, anyway, Schneckenoodle. I just meant I'm sick of having to like bribe government agents. Schneckenoodle is a regional variety of Schnecken, which is a, a morning sweet bun that's in the shape of a snail. What are your top five regional varieties of Schnecken? Go. <laughs> Well, the other thing I learned is Schneckenoodle is a Palatine variety of Schnecken. And then I had to look it up because I only knew Palatine as a a typeface. Yeah, like Palatino. But no, there's a Palatine region of Germany. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Does Palatino mean like from the Palatine region? Because I mean, it was designed by a German type designer. How do you know? Hermann Zopf. You just memorized that? Yeah. Wow. Um, who I think I think died just a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. He lived a very long time and designed many typefaces, mm. including Zopf Dingbats. Oh, good for him. All right. So it's also possible that the name is like just a complete nonsense word with no meaning at all, because apparently there was a period of time when in New England, the, it was a tradition to make up whimsical cookie names. Interesting. I, I like think... what other names would it be? Like uh, uh, Snickerdoodles. Oh, you're trying to think of other whimsical cookie names? Yeah, like, from New England. You know, um, Billy Buttons and um, <laughs> ch- ch- Ding, <laughs> Ding Dongs. Ch- Chungle Wumps. Twinkies. <laughs> Snow oh, Cones. <laughs> Snowballs. Snow cones is something different. Um, I Butterscotch think of, crimpets. Yeah, I think tasty of cakes. New England is being a, a pretty whimsical region, except except. <laughs> you I mean, also, do? Yeah, I mean, like like. Wait, but, tell me why. <laughs> I don't know because they've got like you know quaint farmhouses and leaf peeping and stuff, but also like you know the 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 crucible of the revolution. Yeah, so that that was uh, for that was me. Less witches go hand in hand with whimsy. <laughs> I mean, kind like of. Like, actually hand in hand, because witches can do magic, so they can bring whimsy to life and then hold hands with it. They can, they can like, breathe corporeal form into the concept of whimsy? <laughs> yes. I want to see this. Yeah. Why is it called leaf peeping? It sounds vaguely th- creepy. Oh, like like you're like hiding in the bushes a peep, and <laughs> leaf a peeping leaf tom. Well, I mean, I think it's another another example of, of uh, New England whimsy. <laughs> yes, peeping leaf peeping tom. <laughs> okay. okay, all right. These cookies, at least you know, going by the name Snickerdoodle, are common in the U.S., but they're little known elsewhere. Oh, and so wait, are they? They're not known in the Palatine region. I, Wikipedia 
didn't say so. I mean, it's probably one of those. I mean, you said like it's a, a the Schnecken was a morning morning sweet bun. Probably like it, it's like if it if it did originate there, like the name has now become attached to something that's that's not recognizably descended from the original thing anymore. Maybe that seems reasonable. But let's bring some snickerdoodles to the Palatine region and see what happens. Okay. Well, um, in the U.S., they are especially common to Mennonite and Amish communities. Okay. Okay. And um, they're also a favorite treat of the Indiana poet James Whitcomb Riley. May he rest in peace. He's been dead a little over 100 years now. What? <laughs> Top five favorite <laughs> Riley poems. Go. <laughs> Recite from did, memory, please. I did look him up on Wikipedia because I was like, is this a poet that I've I've read? Did you find some He's of his dog girl? poet. Okay. I... Because like... I. There was there. It uh, seems like there was uh, a craze for what we would now call bad poetry in the 19th century U.S. Uh, give me examples of, of people. Are you I, put, put there, some put no, some 19th century poets on blast? I, I'm not thinking of anybody in particular, but like like this is like a thing that Paul Collins would write about. That like you know that was there was some poet Paul Collins. Paul Collins is a writer in Portland who writes uh, really good books about esoteric topics. Okay, I'm ready. Um, his first book was about. Uh, it was called Banvard's Folly, and it was like biographical sketches of like a dozen people who were once super famous and have completely disappeared from history, usually for good reasons. So this is like the th- this is the book equivalent of like VH1's Where Are They Now? Exactly. Or, is that a VH1 show? Maybe I don't know. Uh, I think uh, it, as I said, it, I the started music. to think behind the music. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, so so like I think I, I don't know if he specifically had a 19th century poet in that book, but I know that there were some poets who were hugely popular in the 19th century and like household names and nobody remembers them anymore because if you look back, like it is the most sentimental, like sloppy garbage. I'm pretty sure that some people in Indiana right now are taking great offense at the I, way you I'm are characterizing James, James Whitcomb, Whitcomb Riley. Riley is one of these. Poets. I think you are. You are slandering by association. I think I am saying that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Come at me, Riley Heads. Anyway, in more recent times, Snickerdoodles. I love the movie Hoosiers. Snickerdoodles were capitalized all over Wikipedia, but I tend to make them lowercase. Do you capitalize Snickerdoodle? Like, I don't capitalize I don't chocolate think, chip cookie. Unless that was someone's name, I don't think so. Okay. Snickerdoodles have been a popular favor. Oh, wow. <laughs> Flavor. <laughs> For commercial desserts and drinks and like coffee creamers and ice cream, Dunkin' Donuts made a snickerdoodle cookie latte in 2014. Okay. What is it I'm tasting? Because Do you want like, me to go ahead and talk about the recipe I made? Maybe, because that on the one hand, that seems silly. On the other hand, like I don't think I would enjoy a snickerdoodle flavored thing, but I think I at the same time I would taste it and be like, yep, that tastes like a snickerdoodle. Yeah. Okay. So, so but it's just like sugar and cinnamon, but there's something else going on. Yeah, there. we're going to skip ahead for a minute and talk or, about the specific recipe that I made. Again, I had never made snickerdoodles. Do people need to fast forward? Prior to the, yeah, they need to fast forward to this part right here. Okay. So, uh, you know, I think it is a good general rule of thumb that if there is a dessert type thing, specifically an American dessert that you have not made before and you're looking for a recipe, Stella Parks is going to be a good bet. Stella Parks also goes by Brave Tart. I think friend of the show. Friend of the show, I suppose. Although I, I feel like that's presumptuous. I mean, I've never met her or even spoken to her. I've spoken to her on the phone. Oh, 
Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow, show off. Uh, anyway, Stella Parks has a column on Serious Eats, also a wonderful book, maybe more than one wonderful book. I think just one so far. Okay. Anyway, I decided to use her recipe. Uh, she calls it New Fashioned Snickerdoodles. Can I read the, the head note? If you think snickerdoodles are simply cinnamon sugar cookies, think again. Okay. Properly made, they have crispier edges and chewier middles. I don't know. Then, then, then what? Whom? With a rich and tender crumb beneath their shimmery crusts. Once upon a time, these qualities came from cutting butter with hydrogenated shortening. Okay. But in this yeah. recipe, virgin coconut oil oh. does a better job. Its subtle aroma heightens both the cinnamon and the vanilla while helping the snickerdoodles stay rich, moist, and chewy. Think now that you said that, you I can think maybe I can it. taste the coconut. I ate a couple of these last night when they were fresh out of the oven, and the coconut oil flavor was very dominant. Um, I think it's a little bit less so today, but I still think if you didn't like coconut, maybe I think maybe you choose might a different recipe. But I like these. I think these are great. So, so basically, y- you start out by um, creaming unsalted butter with coconut oil, mm-hmm. sugar, vanilla, all that stuff. And then when it comes time to to make the dough balls and roll them in cinnamon sugar. Sorry, when you said start out by creaming, I really, for a second, thought you were saying start by creaming your jeans, which is an expression that I never find unfunny. It makes me gag a little bit. It's so gross. Yeah. Okay, here are other important things about this recipe. So instead of just rolling the cookies in cinnamon sugar. You you, roll yourself. The (laughs) cinnamon sugar is actually, it has two types of cinnamon. It has ground cinnamon and then cinnamon sticks that you've grated on a microplane. Whoa. Yeah. And I found this what very- What does that do? Apparently, it, it gives a brighter and fresher aroma than commercially ground, okay. which makes sense, right? Yeah. But I found it extremely annoying to do. You know, I did most of this recipe by weight because yeah. if I can, I like baking that way. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to get 1.25 grams of freshly grated cinnamon. Oh, and uh, it was, I, I don't You should think, borrow my jeweler's scale, scale that I use for that sort of thing. You know, I could have gotten out my Japanese, like, Hario um, yeah, coffee, coffee scale, scale, but I didn't. Um, I was just using my regular kitchen scale, and it was really annoying. And I think I actually wound up using far less freshly grated cinnamon than I was supposed to because I got tired of grating it and I gave up. Yeah, I mean, like, how hard is it to grate a cinnamon stick? I've never done that. It is... I expected the cinnamon stick to be more splintery than it was. Mm-hmm. It only splintered like three times. <laughs> it's not, it's more difficult and annoying than grating a nutmeg. Put it that way. Grating a nutmeg I find pretty easy. Yeah, no, yeah. this is this was annoying, like, because it's very hard. Yeah. And I had it at a tiny bit of an angle, but still grating on the end, you like, know? Yeah. You know, the shards tended to fly all over at one point. Yeah, two big pieces did break off of it, and I just had to, like, put them in the compost. I, I had no way of grating those. Wow, this is, you're really taking us <laughs> really, places. Really, uh, yeah. But it, but it worked out in the end because these are very tasty, and the cinnamon flavor is prominent. And the other thing that's interesting about about Stella Park's recipe is that you start the cookies at in a 400 degree oven okay. for like five minutes, like just until they start to spread. And then you then drop you put the them oven. in a blast chiller. Then you drop the oven to 350 for the next six minutes. Mm-hmm. And then you cool them on the pan for eight minutes before yeah. removing them from the pan. Why do some cookie recipes tell you that it's important to cool on the pan? Do you know what's going on I there? Think it, I think the residual heat continues to cook them a bit. Oh, uh, okay. But you know? very gently. 
I don't, like I don't know. Coddling your cookies? Sure. Mm-hmm. Matthew, the only thing that Every time I'm I not... coddle my cookies, I put a notch on the bedpost. <laughs> the only thing I'm not loving about these, to be uh, honest, is when I lick my fingers afterwards, something about my fingers feels chalky. What do you think that is? You sure it's not just like a, a standard no. feature of your fingers? I noticed it last night, too, when I licked the cinnamon sugar off my fingers. Is this the first time like you're, re- you're learning that you are actually like a, an animated chalk golem? <laughs> <laughs> no, I am an animated ball of whimsy. That, that's true. I forgot animated by a witch. But like, I think sometimes like to to breathe life into something like like a, a witch or, or sorcerer or magic person has to like kind of cobble it together. I think I'm maybe I'm thinking Matthew, Frankenstein. I, I want to get back to why my fingers are chalky. Okay, yes, I Do don't know. Do you think it could be like the cinnamon making my fingers feel chalky. Did you was, not notice it? It was an unpleasant mouthfeel. No, I licked my fingers with with vigor and abandon and did not notice any chalkiness, so I think that is some evidence in favor of the golem theory. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, so I've eaten two of these cookies and I enjoyed them very much. They're very good. The more rest, than I've ever enjoyed a Snickerdoodle. The rest of these are for you guys. I oh, have great. tons of them at Thank home. Thank you. I highly recommend this recipe, and I would love to hear from anybody else who's made it if if they notice like a residue on their fingers that's like different <laughs> different from like just a normal buttery cookie. Okay, residue. first of all, if you notice residue on your fingers <laughs> after eating these cookies, get in touch with us immediately. Contact at spilledmilkpodcast.com or like facebook.com slash spilledmilkpodcast, and also uh, go to urgent care <laughs> and also you're a golem okay this episode is brought to you by town place suites by marriott whether you're traveling for work need a place to stay while your home is being remodeled or maybe you're just enjoying a relaxing week away well town place suites by marriott has all the comforts of home yeah so they've got a full kitchen uh, they've got, you can borrow appliances. Like if you want a blender or a slow cooker while you're traveling, you can borrow it, no charge. Uh-huh. So like you could invite your friends or your coworkers over for like a post-meeting drink. You can bring your pet. Totally allowed. Oh, I love this. Oh, I see. They even have special pet items you can use. And they have the built-in Alpha closet system. Nothing makes me happier (laughs) when I am traveling and I have like a place to put away my clothes. Mm -hmm. Molly has seen what happens when I don't have a place to put away my clothes. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. So like a whole closet system where I can really like unpack for reals. I am down. Well, this is made for you then. And this is Town Place Suites by Marriott. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. Hey, Keurig coffee drinkers. Need a cold coffee with a bold flavor? Dunkin' Cold K-Cup pods were specially crafted for cold coffee. Brew over ice straight out of the Keurig coffee maker for smooth, delicious Dunkin' taste you know and love. Find your next Dunkin' Cold coffee in the roasted coffee aisle. Here's another thought. Yes. So the scent of snickerdoodles was apparently also like used in candles and body wash and shampoo and stuff, but it was not successful. And the examples I found of it were all discontinued. That's interesting. Isn't that interesting? Like I, I think of um, so my former mother-in-law used to always have Yankee candles around the house. Oh, of course, I think every mother-in-law has yeah. to. Like the minute you become a mother-in-law, it's like, oh, time to buy some Yankee candles. <laughs> yeah, you get you get like a, a big 
catalog in the mail yeah. from Yankee Candle saying welcome <laughs> and it's stamped mandatory. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, she would always have, you know, like vanilla or like oatmeal cookie mm-hmm. yeah. or, you know, one of those scents. I would think Snickerdoodle would be like a slam fucking dunk for Yankee Candle. I think Yankee so Candle. too. Maybe it is. Maybe the examples I found on Wikipedia are just dumb. But, okay, I, but I'm kind of stuck on the body wash because I'm wondering, yeah. like, before you even mentioned it was coconut, I was sort of thinking, like, would this end up giving sort of like a, you know, copper tone sunscreen kind of mm. aroma? I am surprised by how much you can taste the coconut in this. Yeah. I almost wonder about cutting back a little bit of the coconut in favor of like an equal weight of butter. Sure. I don't know. But I trust that Stella Parks is like really fine tuned. I also this. have no problem with shortening. I don't I don't either but but I wonder I mean Think of how like how much depth of flavor we're getting from the coconut oil yeah, here. True. If it were shortening, I, that's kind of just like a flavorless fat. It's a it's a flavorless mass. It is because I'm I'm not sure whether the the like if someone's skin smelled like snickerdoodles, like would that be <laughs> sexy or gross or kind of? I like think it'd be gross in between. So my partner loves to be tan, okay. and Ash tans really easily and gets very very brown. And they like to put on like a banana boat, like SPF four tanning oil. I'm like, what the hell is the point of the SPF in there if you're putting on tanning oil? Uh But anyway, it smells so coconutty. I find it revolting. I cannot handle it. I don't like it. Into this one, I do not like it. But do you like how the oil um, like makes them kind of crispy around the edges? I do like the way that it makes them chewy in the center. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's not another notch oh, right there. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, have you ever bought Snickerdoodles? Like, do, no. is there a commercial and brand of Snickerdoodles? Interestingly, so I I noticed you had put that question on the agenda, and I did. I looked a little bit, and I found it seems like there was like a you know the Pepperidge Farm cookies in the little bag. Mm-hmm. It seems like there was a Snickerdoodle in that series, but it may have been discontinued because I found it. I found it, I think, on Amazon, but then there were a bunch of reviews saying, I ordered this and it and the uh, sell-by date was like eight months old. I also wonder, there. you know, there are not a lot of commercial cookies that are intended to be chewy, I think. Or at least not like, you know, oh, it's pretty easy to make a chewy oatmeal cookie. Yeah. And then, but then we've got like soft batch, like. They, and I like some just... of the Pepperidge Farms are soft, but like, are you are you equating soft and chewy or are those different axes? I'm equating soft and chewy. Because there are, there are like. What's, I mean, a, what's this cookie that's soft but not chewy? Oh. I <laughs> <laughs> I sneeze in your general direction. Wow, like I was I was really like rolling that koan o- over and over in my mind and the, the sneeze just like took me out of that meditative state. Um, what's a cookie that's soft but not chewy? <laughs> well, there are definitely some, uh, like I like a chewy peanut butter cookie. I've definitely had some peanut butter cookies that, that were soft, like, you know, not crunchy, but did not have nearly enough chew that I was looking huh. for. So I think they are different. Do you mean like they were too tender? Too tender. Because huh. like a chewy cookie, like like a cookie can be soft and tender <laughs> or soft and chewy. And it can be crisp and tender, but can it be crisp and chewy? Well, it can be crisp oh, like on the outside. God. This is, I think we need to construct a hypercube and then breathe life I into it. I feel like we're getting toward like mochi territory. 
but that's but that's like if you go like much further down the axis, yeah, of chewy, because like there's like mochi, mochi, a cookie with mochi would be very chewy, and then there's like a middle ground chewy, and then there's like a soft tender cookie that's not very chewy. I'm having trouble following. I'm not you saying anymore. I'm not saying what else is new. I'm not saying that that like you could make a soft cookie that has no chew whatsoever because that would just be like a pile of crumbs. I'm having trouble imagining what a soft cookie that's not chewy would be like i mean obviously it's not going to be like a like a sable or like a butter cookie because that is crunchy but tender right well, in the sense of being short but like you know how sometimes you get you have a brownie that's kind of got like a sticky texture to it like chewy and sticky go together i think like like you know it, yeah, it has it some sticks it kind of sticks to your teeth yeah. as you're as you're chewing it okay okay Okay. Why, uh, why were we talking about this? I'm oh, so, not so sure. Then back to, back to oh, like, commercial cookies. I think commercial soft cookies, like shelf-stable soft cookies, have are kind of like a failed product. Like they're still around, but they're not very good. They they don't they don't really recapture the texture of a homemade cookie. Correct. So, would you buy? I mean, have you ever bought Snickerdoodles in a bakery or a coffee shop? No, because there's going to be something with chocolate nearby. And okay. we've already we've already established that I that I feel the. Lure. I wonder if people who tend to choose vanilla flavored things mm-hmm. are also like people who, when presented with the option of a chocolate chip cookie or a snickerdoodle, would choose a snickerdoodle because I, vanilla is a really prominent flavor in here, along with the cinnamon. There's yeah. a lot of vanilla or, extract. I mean, maybe they just like snickerdoodles better. Maybe, but who are those people? There are people who like sugar cookies and or snickerdoodles. I like all of these things, but uh, but I it's just hard to imagine choosing one of these over chocolate. But some people aren't that into chocolate. I know it seems odd, that but it seems so strange. But it's like, like saying I I I but there I don't are things like that, sleeping. Right, but there are things that I'm not into that that everyone else is into like and what? it's okay. Oh, well, we've talked about this before, like Bruce Springsteen. Okay. Okay. What like, else? I don't know. Condiments. Yeah, exactly. Like ketchup. Okay. Right? Like, okay. like what, what is wrong with someone who doesn't like ketchup? Uh, so much. Right. But that's just because I'm weird. Yeah. All right. So are we, are we doodled I, I out? Think we're, I, think we're, I think we done doodled it. We, I think we done doodled. Um, <laughs> you can find us online. Oops. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> 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 Let us know what uh, if you if you can name a cookie that's soft but not chewy. <laughs> okay. If you uh, if you've ever breathed life into whimsy. <laughs> Let us know, too, if you've made the Stella Parks recipe Mm -hmm. and uh, if your fingers turned to tiny golem fingers. Right. Chalk. If if your fingers turned to little little, uh, chalk, sticks of chalk. Are those called sticks of chalk? Do you remember stick biscuits from the (laughs) Pokey episode? Yes. Uh, Yeah. Um, Don't be such a stick biscuit. (laughs) Oh, you're being a stick biscuit in the mud. Yeah. Oh, I had a closing joke and then I forgot. It might come back. Um, okay. Yeah. So, so where can you let us know about those things? Oh, we'll tell you. Facebook.com slash spilled milk podcast or spilled milk podcast.com. Or if you've got something confidential, you can just email us contact at spilled milk podcast.com. I yeah. mean, we can't promise an email will stay confidential, but. Um, and we will link on the website to Stella Park's new fashioned snickerdoodles recipe on Serious Eats. If you're a whistleblower. And you need to get us some uh, some confidential information. We'll, we'll like open one of those lock boxes. Okay. Confidential cookie information. Oh, you know there used to be this place. Um, so Brandon and I used to live uh, in a duplex on Eighth Avenue in Ballard. I remember. 
we were not far south of 65th Street, and we used to go to a couple bars that were on 65th, and we would often pass by this building that seemed to have nothing going on in it, and it was called the Cookie Conspiracy. Oh, you mentioned this. Do you remember it? It And then you were looking at it as a possible location for Delancey? Yeah, Brandon went and toured it and met the owner, and I can't remember the whole story. I remember this from the New York Times bestselling book, book, Delancey. Oh, I, I wrote about this? Yeah, I think so. God, I forget everything. Wow. That's anyway, the conspiracy. Yeah. So if you it's have a conspiracy any of silence. Sort of cookie conspiracy going on. We want to know about it. Yeah. Like does your do your cookies like strangely have a have a coconut flavor, even though you didn't put in any coconut? Yeah. Well, thanks for listening to Spilled Milk. Regional variety of Schneckin. <laughs> I'm Molly Weisenberg. I'm Matthew Amster Burton. I feel like this show has really become a lot of things lately. We went full animal journalism. Uh, <laughs> On our camping be- episode. Right. We became a uh, Keynote fan cast. Uh-huh. We got way into the self-help game. Yeah. Dunkin' cold coffee can be brewed at home in your Keurig coffee maker with Dunkin' cold K-cup pods. Just brew it hot over ice and enjoy flavor that's crafted to serve cold. The home with Dunkin' is where you want to be.